Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is March 23rd, 2020. 174 days till Buccaneers kick off. Hopefully. 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 Please. Day, what is it, 10? Of quarantine. Of quarantining we've been I don't know. I, it's to the point where we've lost count. I think we need to start scratching tick marks in the wall like they do in prisons. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is that what they do in prisons? I saw that's it what in a movies, movie. That's what movies tell us. <laughs> Cartoons especially. We'll just scratch it in. Start talking to soccer balls. Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Classic movie right there. Hey, it beats spending time with our family, right? I know. I am standing here. My face is made up as a clown because the baby found the face paint. So she's made up all nice and pretty, and I'm all white with a big red nose. She did a good job. Yeah, I was quite impressed with it, actually. You're a good sport. I wouldn't let her do mine. I call her the baby, but she's five years old. (laughs) I'll call her the baby until she's, I don't know, 40? Probably, yeah. Probably. All right, fact check some follow-ups. Follow-up. Yes, Daryl Rivas did pay Mark Barron $50,000 to get his jersey number 24 from him in 2013. Chris Godwin has spoken on this issue and said he would give Tom number 12 if he wanted it. Well, you know, Tom Brady didn't make that request at all. It wasn't in his contract. As a matter of fact, he didn't... He, his contract was very limited in requests. The only thing he asked was for all of his teammates' phone numbers, according to Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. That was so cool. He didn't ask for control of player personnel or any Which input. is what the rumors were. He wanted roster control. He wanted play calling abilities, all that kind of stuff. Apparently, none of that was in the contract. Don't know. Don't know who to believe. We'll talk more about TV12. After our follow-ups and fact-checks. Of course we will. You know, I feel really bad for all the Buccaneer fans who hated Tom Brady before he came to the Buccaneers. Because, as a matter of fact, somebody, I I told them yesterday, I was like, yeah, we got Tom Brady. They were like, I thought you hated Tom Brady. It's like, no, I didn't hate Tom Brady. But I imagine a lot of people did hate Tom Brady. Here's... I can understand hating Tom Brady just because he is so good. But as a fan of the game, you just have to appreciate his level of talent and accomplishment. It's just, it's done so much for the sport in general that I think you have to appreciate him. Love Love him or hate him. Yeah, it's a once in a lifetime thing. We will never see an organization do that again. Be dominant for 20 years. Of course, it's not to say that the Patriots won't still be dominant. We don't know. But it looks like they're not going to be doing too well. They've had quite a few people leave. They just got rid of Stephen Gonkowski today. That was surprising. Oh, the kicker? Yeah, he was the leading scorer in franchise history. One of three Super Bowls. Well, I think if we've learned anything from this Tom Brady situation, it's that no one's exempt from Belichick's yeah, right. yeah, if you're philosophy. Gonna, if you're going to let Tom Brady walk, then... You're fine with letting anybody walk. Exactly. Another follow-up. I had said that we had a previous quarterback wear number 12. It was Trent Dilfer. While that was correct, I did not remember that Doug Williams also wore number 12 as quarterback. So, oops. Yeah, he was before my time. There you go. That's my excuse. Good excuses any. I tell you what, if if I have a superpower, I think it's making excuses. (laughs) 
I could come up with an excuse about anything. <laughs> Another follow-up. I had talked about the deputy sports editor for the Tampa Bay Times was laid off. Well, the Tampa Bay Times had made all full-time staffers take a pay cut. Uh, their revenue from advertising has fallen dramatically, and it could explain why the deputy editor of the sports section got laid off. Don't know. Don't know the whole story behind that. We probably won't know the whole story behind that because newspapers are funny in that way. They love reporting on everybody else except themselves. Uh, well, the, they did report on this themselves. Right, but they didn't give us any... No, they didn't. He did. He tweeted it out. Oh. But they, they did write an article about laying people off. I mean, about the pay cut. Did they? That's where I read it, I think. Oh, okay. Well, they should but be, it was like a PR fluff piece. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. They're not all investigative reporting themselves. Right. They never do. <laughs> that would never make it into print, even if one of them did. Yeah. But yeah, the pay cut was announced uh, February 26th, so... Like Tampa Bay might be going the way of the, what was it, the Bradenton, was it the Tribune, Tampa Bay Tribune? Yeah, that was it. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to some news. News clues. Oh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) News clues. It has been a busy week in free agency. Yes, it has. For the Buccaneers and for the NFL as a whole. And I don't know if it's just I'm more interested this year than I was last year, because we have the money, and... We're in quarantine, so it's very exciting. But it's funny, I haven't looked at any news in the past three days because I've been helping my parents move. They picked the worst time on the planet to move. You know how hard it is to move when you can't get near anybody? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to try to hire professionals (laughs) who probably don't want to come out. Come out in hazmat suits. I would be. Well, Bo Allen has signed with the Patriots. We lost him. They got him for two years at eight million, so that would have been four million. How much did you have him going for here? I didn't even have a price because he was one of the ones. That, yeah, he probably on the chopping block. The low so, tier. Yeah. Gerald McCoy, he signed with Dallas. What was his his deal worth? It was three years, eighteen point three million. There's a three million dollar signing bonus, nine million guaranteed, and average annual salary of six point one million. So in 2020, he'll earn a base salary of 2.5 million and a sign bo- signing bonus of 3 million, roster bonus of 750,000, and a workout bonus of 100,000. So he's making just over 5 million. It was weird because we have 6 million, probably 6 million. 6.1 million. Yeah. We uh we have not signed Sue yet. Nobody's heard a thing. He's just kind of hanging out there. Don't know if there's been any interest. There was rumors that the Cowboys were going after him, which is funny because I had talked to Molly the other day about that. I said, wouldn't that be funny if Sue and McCoy ended up playing on the same team? Well, there was rumors that the Cowboys were going for Sue, but then they ended up signing Don Terry Poe. Oh, they Carolina. did? Yes. Oh, interesting. I hadn't seen that. Boy, Carolina, boy, they're a, they're a crap show over there. Man. They, <laughs> they ended up trading... Kyle Allen, who they had just signed this year to a one-year $656,000 contract, trading him to the Redskins for a fifth-rounder. And then the Carolina Panthers brought on and signed P.J. Walker from the XFL. So, looks like he's going to be their quarterback. I doubt it. I think that they are going to have – yeah, I think they're going to draft and have a quarterback competition because I think they've got four quarterbacks on the roster since they jettisoned Allen. And Allen is going to the Redskins back with Ron Rivera. So it makes you wonder if that's his guy. Yeah, and Turner, who was his quarterback coach at one point. Uh, Yeah, the the Panthers are not looking good, which makes me really happy. 
I don't think they really know what they're doing over there. It's really strange how Cam Newton and Jameis Winston uh, and some of these you know quarterbacks who have shown you know good proficiency in the league are not getting any looks from anybody. There's no no talk of them going anywhere. I mean, if anything, they'll be backups, and that's just crazy to think. It is weird that they're not being signed as a competition thing. Like you would think with such a robust class of quarterbacks available that a lot of teams will go, oh, well, you know, maybe we could upgrade at this position, but it just seems like all the teams who have quarterbacks are keeping them very close to the vest, and they're not really encouraging any kind of competition. I don't know. Any team that wants Cam Newton is going to have to take on his $20 million contract. So, yeah, you know, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for any backup. And then Jameis Winston, you know, he was talking about wanting $30 a year. Uh, And, you know, I mean, he's going to end up taking a, you know, $5 million deal for his backup, if anything. He's been putting out videos on Instagram showing him working out and stuff. I do hope he finds something. I do, too, because I want to see if he does, if he plays better. Yeah. If it was his eyesight. The Bucks agreed to terms with wide receiver Bryant Mitchell on a one-year deal. I forgot he was even on the team. Yeah, we had him down on our list of people that will probably get cut. Well, he was there in the offseason last year, I think towards Achilles or ACL, and then was on IR for the rest of the year. So I don't even know that he made it to this season. So it's kind of a surprise. But they got him for 610000 so... Good depth at that position without a price tag. It's funny the Adam Schefter had reported that since word surfaced that Tom Brady, you know, since he's became the Buccaneers quarterback, that an unexpected high number of players have reached out to the Buccaneers to let them know they want to join the former Patriots quarterback there. Now this is I don't know I you know, it, Adam Schefter's pretty good with his sources. I don't think he tweets out a lot of rumors that don't end up coming true, but I haven't heard of anybody. No, me neither. We're not signing anybody that's nobody that we haven't thought about signing. We did did sign an offensive lineman from the Indianapolis Colts. What was his name? Haig? Yeah, Joe Haig. Joe Haig. He was drafted by Joe Gilbert, who's our offensive line coach. So there's a reuniting there. Well, he's he's able to play all the positions. He has played them. He's played guard, tackle. I think he's even played center before. Exactly. So, and we got him for $2.3 million, So relatively cheap. It gives us some depth. He's got the experience. So He could be a replacement for DeMar Dotson. He might be, yeah. Because we haven't signed Dotson. Okay, so far we've signed uh, linebacker Kevin Minter. Got him back. That was $1.87 million. Oh, It's a one-year deal. We've signed Shaq Barrett. Yay. Jason Pierre-Paul better known as JPP. Uh, Raheem Nunez Rochez, better known as Taco. Nacho. Nacho. <laughs> but I Taco. Taco. Better known as Burrito. <laughs> uh, tight end Anthony Auclair, tight end Tanner Hudson, and Brian Mitchell. There's still, what, 12 or 13 bucks free agents remained unsigned? Yeah, I'll go through the list real quick. Okay. Sue, Jameis Winston, Damar Dotson, Brashad Perriman, Peyton Barber, which there was rumblings that he was talking to another team, but that hasn't been solidified yet. Yeah, we're not bringing him back. Yeah, no, he's not coming back. Blaine Gabbert, Darian Stewart, Sam Acho, Earl Watford, Josh Wells, Ryan Smith, Gerald Hawkins, Michael Litke, and Orion Stewart. So they still have no job. 
you bum. <laughs> Just <laughs> Get kidding. a job. <laughs> Get a job. <laughs> Did we talk about NASIB last episode? Yeah, I think so, but we okay. can rehash it. We can rehash I'm still it. sad. Yep, gone to... Uh, Oakland. The Las Vegas Raiders. Did you see the unveiling of the Rams logo today? Oh my gosh, what a It looks show. so bad. And somebody tweeted that it looks like a gas station logo, and I'm never going to be able to unsee that. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad. The, the Rams, just the Ram head, is not too bad. But the, the rest of them, it is really bad. It looks too much like the Chargers, if you ask me. Somebody said it looked like the lightning bolt in the Ram had... Uh, sex and had a baby. <laughs> That's the product. Oh, <laughs> so it, it actually makes me kind of scared about what the Bucks are going to do. I think they're going to go back to the. I think they went stuff. very risky last time, and it didn't necessarily pay off. It paid off in ways, but the fans in general hated it. So I think that they will go more conservative this round. Oh, the Bucks restructured the contract of tight end Cameron Brait too. Got a four million of his six million, which is phenomenal, and I love this. I yeah. love Brait. I would never want to see him go. I know. So and Tom Brady loves his tight ends. So, so so far we're keeping <laughs> all four of our good tight ends. <laughs> Tom Brady likes those tight ends. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, we did. We did sign all our. Yep. All and our- OJ is under contract, so no need yep. to resign him. Oh, some league news. Some NFC South news. Desmond Trufant, cut by the Falcons, was picked up by the Lions. Uh, the Saints added Malcolm Jenkins, cornerback in the secondary. And uh, they signed uh, DJ Swearingen, too. One year, $1 million deal. Oh, I deal. saw that. Y'all going to need it. I know. <laughs> Remember last year uh, when we, you know, when Bay really blew up in the year before and all of a sudden, our whole division just started stockpiling on linemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now our whole division stockpiling on cornerbacks and safeties. Although I want to say, yeah, 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 no, that's their move. Except for the, the Panthers, they're just I don't know what they're doing over there. And you know, this with the new uh, structure with the playoff appearances, it will be possible, and it's going to happen eventually. All four teams in a division will go to the playoffs. Ah, uh, that'll be cool. Yeah, it can happen, and we know it's going to happen eventually. It's the NFL. Everything's always eventually going to happen. Also, I wanted to point out, back to some Brady stuff, me and Molly were talking about Brady being a tough quarterback and how few games he'd miss. And I said, well, he did miss that whole year when I think Garoppolo came in and played and all that good stuff. And she asked me, she said, well, how long ago was that? And I was like, oh, I don't know, probably 10 years ago or something like that. Yeah, 2008 was the last time Tom Brady has missed a game <laughs> due to injury. What? That's crazy. 12 years. That is insane. That is insane. Especially for his age. Hey, there you go with your ages. <laughs> oh, the Saints also exercised a fifth-year option on Marshawn Lattimore. Is that what you said? No. No, you're talking about Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm so, Jenkins. yeah, they're shoring up that secondary. Todd Gurley signed with the Falcons. Yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. Didn't see that coming. I didn't see him getting cut, although I think he had a big cap hit, right? I'm not sure what the deal was, but yeah, it's it's too much money. I mean... For a running back? Yeah, running backs just aren't going to get paid anymore. No, like and that. Melvin Gordon was out there, and then who did he sign with? I do not remember. I cannot either. It's been so much. I have it somewhere in my notes. Oh yeah, with Todd Gurley, cutting him saved the Rams $10.5 Oof. I wouldn't even pay that much that's nice. For a running back. And then you know they got some dead cap, probably. Mm. The Falcons also got a Dante Fowler 
pass rusher. Signed him to a three-year deal worth $45 million. Ain't going to help. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> and I'm not impressed with anybody's pass rushers anymore because I think we got the best. We got the best we pass rushers. <laughs> oh, they, they, Atlanta also re-signed Stephen Means, old Buccaneers, defensive end. Melvin Gordon went to the Broncos. Two-year deal worth $16 million, 13 and a half guaranteed. Mm. We talked about Desmond Trufant leaving, going to Detroit, right, with Atlanta? Yes. Defensive end Vic Beasley has signed with Tennessee. Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew he was gone, but I didn't know where he went. Oh, we re-signed Andrew Adams, too. Oh, you know, I was talking about the Panthers. They got that XFL quarterback. I totally forgot they got Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the XFL guy will be the backup. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was like, man, they're taking a big chance there. Ugh. How did I forget that? Teddy Bridgewater's just a forgettable quarterback. He is. He really is. I like the guy. When he was with Minnesota, I really liked him. But He's uh, kind of unremarkable. Yes, very unremarkable. But he's a good quarterback. Just not very flashy. James Bradbury, you said that, with Carolina? No, that's the one I couldn't find. Yeah, he went to the Giants. Okay. For $46 million over three years. Woo! He's the one that always uh, covers Mike Evans. Yeah, well, not anymore. (laughs) Uh Ha-ha. Guys, their whole defensive line, Carolina, the Panthers, defensive line is gone. Mario Addison went to the Bills. Vernon Butler went to the Bills. Jeremy McCoy went to Dallas. God, Don Terry just... Poe went to Dallas. Okay, now, is it management blowing the team up, or does nobody want to be there because of management? I think it's management. I think it's the owner. I think the owner is taking control of this team, and he's going to make it at his image. Oof. Oof. They also got rid of safety Eric Reed. So their defense is going to be completely new. <laughs> going up against Tom Brady. I know. Andrew Breeze and Matt Ryan. Oh my like God. good luck with that guys. We've been there before. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah, I don't think we have to worry about being bottom of the division this year. No. We all know who's going to be at the bottom of the division. All right. Let's go to the Saints. What the, what have the Saints done? Oh. Emmanuel Sanders. Wide receiver. Where'd they get that money? I'm not impressed. I don't know. I just, we got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like, <laughs> nothing. Im- it's like the pass rushers. I'm like, yeah, know, yeah, that's cute, guys. Yeah, yeah. Real Y'all cute. are trying really hard. Yeah. Good effort. <laughs> uh, but, they, you know, they got Michael Thomas in now. They Ain't going to do same. no good with Drew Brees' noodle arm. Oof. Pull no punches, Molly. <laughs> he does. Like, like around week 14, he yeah. just, he, he can't throw anything over five yards at one time. <laughs> Uh, they're keeping Andres Pete re-signed him to five-year, $57 million deal, $33 million guaranteed. Whoa. Yeah, that's pretty good for an offensive lineman. Yeah. Although, I was looking at our cap situation, and I think Jensen's making like $10 million this year. Yeah, he has been paid quite handsomely by the Buccaneers. Worth every penny, if you ask me. You know, the Saints uh, got Drew Brees back, of course. We all know that. Uh, $25 million per year. You know, this is the first time in NFL history that there's three quarterbacks in the same division who have over 50,000 yards passing. What? Yeah. Between the three of them, it's over 150,000 yards passing. That is, let me, let me do back-of-envelope math here. It's almost a half a million feet. <laughs> okay. You're losing me. <laughs> <laughs> so if if my math is right, it's about eighty four miles. Wow! Combined. It doesn't seem like that much. <laughs> is that right? I don't know. Y'all check Ralph's math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. eighty four miles is what I'm coming up with. 
approximately. Let's make it 100. Yeah, no kidding. So what else do the Saints got going on? Oh, I know some Saints news. Did we talk about this one? What? Sean Payton tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, yeah, that's right. We wish him a speedy recovery, so we will see him next season. There's a strange thing with that coronavirus. They say that 20% of the people who test positive for it go in the hospital and then... You know, I don't know. I, I guess there's so many numbers being thrown around, but about one percent of people end up dying from it. But yet, all these people that we've heard, these celebrities and stuff that have gotten it, you know, like Tom Hanks and uh, the politicians and Idris Elba, Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees. I mean, uh, Sean Payton. Oh. <laughs> They're like synonymous now. Yeah, Drew Payton, <laughs> Sean Brees. They, they all, they all. Seem to be doing fine and come out fine. I mean, I haven't heard of any celebrity yet dying of it. So I don't know what that's all about. I think in another we're week re- we're going to... Even really getting even sick from it. Yeah. Well, these people have spent a whole career carefully curating their images. Yeah, they're not going to talk about... Well, yeah. I don't know. Uh, more Saints news. The Saints uh, <laughs> got Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles, cornerback. Or defensive back, but they lost cornerback uh, Eli Apple to the Raiders. Raiders. Didn't they trade for him and give up draft picks for Eli Apple? I doubt it. No, they traded with the Giants for him. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunk cost. Oh, and they also lost their linebacker AJ Klein, which that's a big hit. He was he's good. Where did he go? Uh, it went to the Buffalo Bills. Three year oh. deal worth eighteen million. So about six million a year. Not bad. Doesn't look like they're going to bring back receiver Ted Ginn either. Ginn. Ginn. Ted Ginn. Does look like Jen. Sure does. Is that how it's pronounced? Ginn? Ginn, yeah. He needs to pronounce his name right. <laughs> like the liquor. <laughs> like the liquor. Oh, the Saints signed defensive end Noah Spence. Also, I'm surprised he's still in the league, to be honest with you. Doesn't scare me that much. I you know, really had high expectations for that guy, and he just really has done nothing in the league. It's, it's a shame. Yeah, I think he's probably more of a depth signing. Wouldn't that be something, though, if he goes to the Saints and pops off against us? I'll be so mad. Yeah, it's about par for the course. I kind of expect it when we come up with former Buccaneers players. <laughs> like McCoy had right. how many sacks? Three, three against, sacks yeah. against us. Yeah, I think he had four and a half or five all year long. Three of them came against us in one game. They were really angry sacks, though. Angry, angry sacks. <laughs> this is the angriest I've ever seen him play was playing against us. Jensen got... Under yeah. his skin. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> uh, and then he landed on top of James Winston when he sacked him one time. That should have been a penalty for sure. Let it go, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that video of Matt Gay kicking? It was on uh, Twitter. Uh-uh. He said, uh, you can quarantine me, but you can't quarantine this ball hitting bombs. And he kicks. He's up in the mountains somewhere. I don't know where he's at. Probably in Utah. That's oh. where he's from. Okay, Utah then. And he kicks the ball. And it goes, and you never see it land. Oh, really? Yeah, it looks like it was a good 80-yard kick. What? Yeah. Well, those aren't his problem. His problem are the 30-yard ones, right? right. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about Tom Tom Brady. contract. We got the details. Let's just talk about Tom Brady forever. Okay. (laughs) We're also a little smitten. The Brady Observer, that's what we'll change the... (laughs) So it is a two-year, $50 million contract, all of it guaranteed. There's another $9 million per year in incentives. No, 
Nine million in incentives total. Four and a half million per year. The Bucks cannot trade him or franchise tag him, which I think is a very fair contract. I was actually surprised. Yeah, very fair. I was actually very surprised that it was only two years. I figured he'd want at least three-year contract. But, hey, two years is two years. It was like, it's what you said earlier in the podcast that when he was negotiating with the Buccaneers, it was more like he was interviewing them with Jason Light and Bruce Arians. Yeah, that's all according to Rick Stroud of Tampa Bay Times. Yeah. So, uh, so. Take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, God does his work, but sometimes he's not correct. <laughs> uh, the What was it he predicted earlier this season that we said this is the same guy that said Jerry McCoy is going to be here? I think it was the Tom Brady thing. Okay. We need to go back and look that up. I know. Got to give him props where it's due. Yeah, yeah. We hold people accountable, but we also give them praise when they do their job well. Uh, Tom Brady did propose the exact same package to the Buccaneers and the Chargers. You know, his requirements, which weren't that much. I mean, I, I was expecting, one, yeah. more money. And two, you know, things such as uh, decisions with player personnel, wanting to bring certain players over. That's what the media has been saying, that those were kind of his yeah, wish list. And there was so much of that that you figured, well, where there's smoke, there's fire. But no, there's a very, he just doesn't want to get traded and doesn't want to be franchised. Boom, that's it. And he wanted everybody's phone number. And I think he had similar requirements at New England in the later years that he didn't want to How in the get world? Franchised. I mean, it's $25 million. I mean, in a relative sense, that's a lot. But I mean, they paid him $20, 23000000 million. I mean, why wouldn't they do 25? I just don't get it. I don't know. They wanted him year to year. Oh, okay. From the reports I've listened to, from what my research tells me, (laughs) extensive research, uh, he wanted a longer-term commitment, and they treated him just like they treated anybody else in the Patriots organization. Bill Belichick's approach to the general manager position and all his contract negotiations are if you want to get paid, you can go somewhere else. But if you want to take less money and win, stay here. And it was no different with Tom. And I think they kind of felt that he was at the end of his career and didn't want to be locked into a contract with him. It just seems very strange because, you know, I mean, he's only got a two-year contract with us. Patriots were going to give him a one-year contract. I don't understand why he would care that one way or another. And, you know, he made $23 million last year. He made $235 million over his career with the Patriots. I, from what I understand, that's there was a, quarter, a lot. That's a quarter of a billion dollars. I know. From Good what Lord. I understand, there was a lot more to it than just the money. It wasn't about the money. Apparently not, because he could have gotten a lot more money from us. Absolutely. From anybody. Yeah. But the relationship in the last few years had kind of deteriorated. He had his trainer, and I don't know if he's his business partner, but they do the TB12 together. Alex, something, I forget his name. And Bill Belichick in 2017 kicked him out of the facilities because he was kind of giving conflicting advice to the other players in the Patriots organization or no he was he was giving conflicting advice versus what the Patriots staff was telling the players yeah they they were 
there was reports that they were blaming him for Ron Gronkowski's injuries. Wow. The trainer. Right. So that happened in 17. December. Late, right. late okay. 2017. So almost 2018. Yeah, he was banned from boarding the Patriots Jets, had his sideline access revoked, was only allowed to treat player to, to treat Tom Brady and no other players. So I imagine the guy's name is Tom Guerrero. Alex Guerrero. Alex Guerrero. I imagine he's going to be coming with Tom Brady to Tampa. Oh, yeah, probably. I think I heard a report that he also sold his house up north kind of the same time that Tom did. That's going to be interesting. Drama. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that there's just been a few things over the years that made the relationship untenable. And from what I understand, Tom wanted to feel more appreciated than what he was at New England. You know, he wanted to have fun and also be appreciated for his contributions. Hmm. We'll love you here, Tom. Yeah, you can have all kinds of fun (laughs) as long as you contribute. You know, and I think that B.A. is the perfect person to do that for him. Why do you say that? Well, I think B.A.'s appreciation and love for the game and the quarterback position is really uniquely suited for what Tom needs at this point in his career. And B.A. is such a psychologist when it comes to these players. And he's perfectly fine tailoring how he treats each individual player to their needs. Like Andrew Luck, for instance, was a little more sensitive, so he wasn't someone that B.A. could, like, get up in his face and yell at because he would take it too hard. So, wasn't he the one? No, no. It was Carson Palmer, you know, a veteran who had been in the league for so long that B.A. knew Carson had earned respect. And he was another one that B.A. was not going to get up in his face and yell at. So, instead, he would take it out on the backup quarterback (laughs) to try to, you know, get the message across to Carson Without disrespecting him. So, B.A. is very good at navigating these complicated personnel issues. Yeah, I don't have any problem whatsoever worrying about Arians and Brady getting along or Arians treating Brady correctly. Arians, you know, he did great with Winston. Winston just didn't fulfill his part of the bargain, I felt. I don't know. Just kept making bad decisions. I think with Tom, after being somewhere so long, playing under the same coach, moving to a new system that's very player-friendly, I think it's just going to revitalize him. I think that we're going to see a lot from Tom Brady this year. I sure hope so. I don't want him to come down here and stink the joint up, do like a lot of free agents do. They just come down here and... Get a payday. Get a payday, bask in the sun. Daryl Rivas, Chris Baker. There's so many of them. Uh, what was Johnson? Vinny Curry. No, nah, Vinny Curry did good. Um, he was hurt. Oh. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Who was the defensive end from Cleveland? No, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. Oh, the ghost. Uh, the left tackle from Cincinnati. I don't remember that one. There's so many of them. Anthony Collins. That was his name. Yeah. Yeah, we've had our share of free agency busts. So, yeah, Brady's going to come down here, going to bring his TB12 business and his body coach, Alejandro Guerrero, who, interesting figure. This guy's been busted by the FTC for hawking fake supplements. And, you know, he practices alternative medicine, basically. He's got a bachelor's degree or a master's degree in 
Chinese alternative medicine from a California college that doesn't even exist anymore. So the guy seems like a snake oil salesman, but he, you know, he's worked with Tom Brady, William McGinnis, a lot of uh, Julian, yeah, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker. You know, a lot of these guys swear by him. Well, and even if it's the placebo effect, I don't really give a shit right. what it is. It's results that matter. Right, it's the results. So yes. he can do whatever he wants. If it means Tampa Bay winning, I'm all for it. Yeah, well, you know, and Tom Brady, like we said, hasn't missed a game since 2008 due to injury. That's quite impressive. So, uh, you know, bring the guy on down. Don't care. It seems to be like he's a... He's more than just a business partner and a personal trainer. He's also a spiritual guru, and he's godfather to their sons. I mean, this this guy has entrenched himself in Tom Brady's life. So you can't get Tom Brady without getting Alejandro Guerrero. So here we go. Interesting. Yeah, drama, drama, drama. He's going to be all up in the Advent One Health Center, which is funny because it is the Advent One Health Center, and here you have an alternative medicine guy coming up in that place. You know, one of the reasons why they had a problem with him in the Patriots Center is because the quote-unquote scientific-based trainers there did not agree with what he was doing. So it's going to be interesting to see how our Advent Health Center people take him. I mean, we do have the medical center is right beside the Bucks training facility and the hospital and cancer research, all that good stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how they take the Alejandro Guerrero coming up in there telling them what to do. If that's even the case, who knows, you know, what all happen with the Patriots. Yeah. Right. Yeah, inside stuff. Yeah. And I think the people of Tampa are just so excited to have him. I don't know that the staff is really going to care all that much at this point. You know, in New England, while I know that they are very upset that he's gone and the fan base as a whole, I mean, and but I don't think, I think you at a certain point, start to take it for granted. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are people that are fans of the Patriots that have never not known having Tom Brady as quarterback. I would, I would actually say the vast majority of the Patriot fan base has never not known Tom Brady as quarterback because the Patriots sucked. I mean, when I was growing up, back in the day when we threw rocks instead of footballs, the... Dinosaur eggs? <laughs> dinosaur eggs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I done lost my train of thought. Uh, that'll happen when you get as young Once as me. It takes some ginseng. <laughs> <laughs> Alejandro Guerrero gets some supreme yeah, greens. That's right. That's what he was busted by the FTC. Yeah, he claimed he was a doctor. FTC has made gave him a lifetime ban. He cannot portray himself as a doctor. Claim he's a doctor, and he cannot. Uh, uh, Hawk any nutritional supplements with unverified scientific claims. He was only fined sixty five thousand dollars though, so you know, wasn't that big of a deal, I guess. Which don't doesn't the FDA not even regulate supplements? No, this wasn't the FDA. This was the FTC oh. because he did an infomercial for the Supreme Greens product. It was a, a supplement, and they said that it basically cured cancer and all this good stuff, and. The FTC got involved. And, you know, it was, it, he was, I'm not, I'm not even sure if he was the business partner. I haven't read that, the whole case. I'm just getting, you know, information here and there. Uh, I don't know if he was the owner of the business. I don't think he was. If anything, he was partnered up with a couple other people, but he was a bit player, didn't make a whole lot of money off of it. So, and 
him and Tom Brady actually had a thing together, or he had a thing, six degree nutrition. And Tom Brady and Wes Welker and a bunch of people were pushing it, and it ended up folding just because it didn't do any good. But the FTC got on him about that too because he had NeuroSafe, a supplement that would help you recover and protect you from concussions. That didn't go over so well with the FTC, but anyhow, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. I don't know that they'll even be there long enough to wear out their welcome, or he yeah. will, you know. I, think it- I mean, we got Tom Brady, to, it's a two-year rental. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Well, I can tell you, I was a personal trainer for a while, and I can tell you there's not a whole lot personal trainers like to do more than argue and fight with each other about proper ways to do shit. Oh, yeah. You know, and nutritionists get involved in it and all this good stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be like dropping a, a hand grenade in the, the nutrition or the, the physical therapy rooms. Sports yeah. science Oh, department. these guys are going to argue and fight. And all, especially you got guy cock coming in doing Chinese alternative medicine. They're going to be like, what's wrong with you, dope? But, you know, alternative medicines are you know, a valid thing. If you look at. You know, science loves to poo-poo on anything that's not accredited academically. Let's put it that way. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And there was a big fight with alternative medicine and what we know as medicine today uh, back in the 1800s. Was that alchemy? Is that what you're talking about? 1700s. Yeah. What? 1900s. 1800s. Yeah. So anyhow, they ended up the, 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 the... the college-supported medicines ended up winning that fight, and so since then, we you know we've always looked at alternative medicines as a kind of a cuckoo type thing, but it's not. I mean, there's some legitimate stuff with alternative medicines. I just anytime you mention alternative medicines, people just roll their eyes and go, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, because they think essential oils. Yeah, and right. You're gonna burn some sage over it, like it doesn't. Right, do like some voodoo. Do, yeah, uh-huh. but we, it's kind of like cryptozoology you know we we run across all these animals all the time that we go oh we thought that was extinct or you know oh we didn't think that existed but we keep running across them and every time we do you'd think that they would go you know maybe there is something to this cryptozoology stuff but they don't and it's the same thing with like alternative medicines you know anytime something works they go ah that's an outlier you know so all right so what do you think you've been watching some tom brady film Oh, yeah. You know, I was wanting to have this Tom Brady versus James Winston video out, what, last week? Yeah, you promised it by Thursday. Did I promise it? Yeah, well, you said it'll probably be out by the time you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) That's sad. Famous last words every time. But I've got an excuse. I've got an excuse. You guys should know by now. The king of excuses over here. Super excuse. That would be my superhero name. Or no, (laughs) that'd probably be a super villain, wouldn't it? You know, the excuse master. How about that? Excuse master. (laughs) Doctor Excuse. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, so I started watching this. And, you know, you listen to this podcast, you know, there's a couple of things about James Winston I always harped on. One was his not reading the field. Uh, two is his happy feet. And uh, then there were some other minor issues, things like, he, you know, he never pump faked. He didn't really take play action serious, stuff like that. Anyhow, the two biggest ones were happy feet and not reading the field. So I have all these clips together. I went through all of Jameis Winston's throws and I made all these clips of him missing, not seeing open receivers down the field. I, had, I made two folders actually, not seeing open receivers and the happy feet. So I've got all these clips of happy feet and I got all these clips of not seeing receivers down the field. So then I go and I should have done this first. I go and I start watching all Tom Brady's passes and I'll be darned. 
I've got to apologize to James Winston. I think Tom Brady probably misses more seeing open receivers down the field than Jameis Winston did. I was really shocked by this. I was really like, what in the world? Because, you know, I think I'm spoiled because I, I watch a lot of Matt Ryan tape and a lot of Drew Brees tape. They just don't do that. You know, if there's an open guy down the field, they're going to see it and throw it to him. I mean, all quarterbacks miss. Jameis Winston just seemed to miss quite a bit. Uh, Tom Brady seems to miss quite a bit, too. Which is weird because from what I heard in my research, one of Tom Brady's gripes with the team was that his receivers weren't getting separation. Now, I saw that video clip of him like chewing him out on the sideline or something. Well, you know, it, a lot of it has to do with scheme. It was like uh, Dirk Cutter schemed very well to get receivers open. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily about the receivers themselves getting open. So, you know, that's a, that's a, I don't know. I, I think what Tom Brady might have been saying is that when you are covered, you know, get some distance between you and the guy. You know, not, not necessarily getting open being the issue, but being, you know, letting a guy drape over top of you. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just guessing there. But yeah, James, uh, James Winston has this issue where, he does not see open receivers down the field. He'll end up throwing it to a covered receiver, throwing an interception, uh, taking a sack. And a lot of it happened when he was under pressure. Well, the same thing happens with Tom Brady. It seems like when he's under pressure, he does not see the open receivers down the field. And he'll end up throwing a check down or throwing it to a more covered receiver or whatever. But I think there's an, a distinction there between Tom Brady and Jameis in that Tom Brady is making better decisions in those circumstances. Yes. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. Uh, Tom Brady, here's some of the things that I want to point out about Tom Brady that's going to make a world of difference in our offense. Uh, Tom Brady is much more decisive than Jameis Winston. I mean, it's just, it's night and day. Now, the football is the game of inches. If you can do something a little bit better than your opponent, then you're most likely going to have a good positive outcome in that competition. Tom Brady is head and shoulders above Jameis Winston in being decisive. <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady just does, he just, he just makes up his mind and throws the ball. You know, it's not a, he just he doesn't seem to have that hesitation that you see with Jameis Winston quite often. But the big thing is his pocket presence is incredible. Uh, now, the happy feet issue is definitely a Jameis Winston issue. When you watch Jameis Winston in the pocket and then you see Tom Brady in the pocket, you, you would think you're watching two different sports. Uh, Jameis Winston, when he feels pressure, he immediately tucks the ball, pulls his shoulders down, and scrambles looking for a way to get out. Uh, Tom Brady, when he feels pressure, he either glides around behind a lineman to where he's protected, but he always keeps his shoulders uh, horizontal to the sidelines, you know, prepared to throw the ball down the field. He's always in a cocked and ready position. And uh, if he has a free defender coming straight at him, he don't care. He will just stand in there and throw the ball and take that hit. It, it's crazy. Now, Winston, I've got a ton of video for this. When Winston has a guy coming at him, he immediately tucks and runs or scrambles. You know, it's that happy feet thing. And as a result, you know, Tom Brady just gets the ball out quicker. He's more decisive in his throws, and he doesn't panic under pressure. It's crazy seeing the difference of those two in the pocket. Uh, Tom Brady's also a lot better with his ball placement. He loves throwing to these guys on these crossing routes and these slants where they're coming across the middle, and he loves throwing them in stride. But he also does it uh, 
just about every throw. Now, I've seen quite a few throws where Tom Brady did not make good passes, you know, where he just was off target, but nowhere near as much as uh, Jameis Winston has bad ball placement. Jameis Winston would throw it to a guy, and it's basically just as long as he gets it to where the guy can catch it or get it in the basic vicinity, then that's good. And we do have receivers that can make good catches. So it makes you wonder if he used the receivers kind of as a crutch. Well, you know, that's something we've, we, me and Molly talked about the other day. Uh, you know, Mike Evans was receiver for Johnny Football. Johnny Manziel. And then Johnny Manziel comes in the league and he just sucked. He didn't have Mike Evans. Mike Evans has made Jameis Winston look good. Now, I'm not saying Jameis Winston is good, but we know that Mike Evans can make a bad quarterback look good. That's one of the reasons why I want to see Jameis Winston go to another team, to see if he is good, you know, or if it was Mike Evans and the receivers that were basically carrying him. Because, you know, Mike can catch the ball, throw him 15 feet over his head. (laughs) It seems like the guy can jump. He's got great hands. And a lot of balls Winston throws are high, you know. That's why him and Scotty Miller couldn't really connect. Right. Yes. Tom Brady's almost the exact opposite. He throws low more than he does high. And it's because he's keeping it away from the defender. His ball play, placement is really good. Uh, if the defender's on the outside, he'll throw it to the inside. Defender's on the inside, he'll throw it to the outside. And he loves throwing to guys on the run. So, you know, that's something we never saw with Jameis Winston. You know, it's basically just, it was like he aimed for their head all the time. And if it went over, that was great. You know, but... He just didn't throw in stride or away from defenders. So Tom Brady's definitely got him on that. So those are the things I've seen with Tom Brady that are a huge, huge difference than Jameis Winston. I mean, we're not talking about slight differences. We're talking huge differences. I mean, Brady really seems to focus on ball placement, not just getting it to the receiver, but placing the ball in the correct spot. And Brady can throw deep alive. I mean, he threw against the Week 2 game in Miami, I, I, I would say easily a quarter of all of his passes were 20-plus yards down the field. And they're so much more different than the way Jameis Winston, because, you know, Jameis Winston would throw the ball and he'd put this high arc on it. You know, it'd be like a what you would call a bomb. Throw it way up in the air, and then it's supposed to land right in the arms of the receiver as they're running. Tom Brady does not throw that high arc. I mean, his arm, I wouldn't say it's a laser, I wouldn't say it's a rope, but it's got a very small arc on it. And I'm talking about 35, 40 yard passes. You know, he does not lob that thing up in the air because he's, he, it looks like he's trying to place it. So yeah, I'm not worried. After watching, I haven't gotten through all of Tom Brady's passes. I'm still towards the end of the year, but he, he doesn't look like he's gotten his arm strength is definitely not weakened any. So kind of dispels that myth, which is something I thought too. I thought that Tom Brady didn't have the arm strength to throw the ball as much as is going to be needed in this offense, but I think he will. I was really shocked, though, with the Tom Brady missing open receivers. It happens a lot. You know, and that might be a product of the Patriots' offensive schemes getting receivers open, but still, you're like, eh, you know, there was a much better pass, you know. Julian Edelman was wide open down the field, you know, screaming down the field for a touchdown, and you, you checked it down to a running back. Yeah, so... It, it really surprised me with that. So I don't expect that to get any better. So when I'm doing these videos, summarizing games, you'll probably see me bitching about that quite a bit. One thing, though, I started off watching the Patriots. This was funny. I was focusing on Tom Brady and just his passes, right? So I start off, and then I start watching the Patriots team. You know, I started watching protections and routes and 
the running backs and all this. And I just got fascinated. I was just like, wow, this is really good stuff. And I ended up, I ended up spending like eight hours watching the whole uh, offense for the Patriots. And then I was like, man, I got to stop doing this. But what I wanted to point out was Julian Edelman. That guy is a beast. I have said that Julio Jones is the my favorite receiver in the league as far as all-around receivers go because he is an excellent blocker. I mean, he just loves contact, and he will he will knock you off your feet. Got plenty of video clips of him doing that. Just so physical. Just so physical. Uh, Julian Edelman is that same way. He's about half the size of Julio <laughs> right. Jones. But, man, that he, he seeks guys out to hit. He is one physical dude, and he's fast, and he's shifty, and he's just hes just a great football player. I think he's really made the Patriots, uh, given them a weapon that, you know, I mean, he's the old Wes Welker. You know, he just came in, and he said, this is, I'm going to be this guy. I'm going to be the tough, smash-mouth wide receiver who will, you know, take on anybody. It reminds me of Steve Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Edelman was great in blocking and run blocking and all that good stuff. It was really, really interesting. But yeah, the the Patriots team. This is another thing I, I noticed is they, they just don't make mistakes like we do. You know, I'd, I'd watch Patriots and I go back and I watch the Buccaneers and he'd be like, "Gosh, man, why do we?" You know, you're not going to see a running back on the Patriots uh, go out for a pass and then catch it and then flip it up in the air and you know, or or a tight end try to catch it behind his back and you know, guys missing assignments all over the place. You know, you're just like, oh, we we just. May, we just were not as disciplined as the Patriots are. And I think he really brings that to the team. You're right. Let Rojo miss a blitz pickup one time and let Tom Brady get murdered. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See yeah. what happens. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't see them run. They 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 have a guy listed as a fullback, number 40. I'm just running off 46. Uh, I can't remember his name. They, they He's listed as a running back, but they use him as a fullback. He might be a fullback on the Team website, I'm not sure. But they do not, that I've seen, leave running backs in to block a whole lot. The Patriots don't. Nowhere near as much as we do. Uh, they, they, they like to have these two running back sets where they have a running back to the left of Tom Brady and a running back to the right, and Tom Brady's in a shotgun position. Uh, I can't remember the name for it. It's not the pistol, but it's something close to it. Anyhow, and but those running backs would go out to receive, you know, to be receivers instead of staying in the block. So, very strange. The Patriots did, they were quite entertaining to watch because at least two or three times a game, they would have a play that I would go, wow, that was really unique and innovative and awesome. And you would go, or at least I would say, why in the world does not everybody emulate that play and run it at least once a game? Because that was awesome. So, it was fun to watch the Patriots. Again, I think if you're a fan of the game, of the sport, there's no better team to watch. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to have Tom Brady here, no doubt about it. He's, he's going to cover some of the key aspects that I felt Jameis Winston lacked or just could not get control of. But basically the happy feet is, I think, going to be the biggest issue. And then number two behind that will be ball placement. I was planning on doing the video on Brady not missing open receivers or being able to read the field better than Jameis Winston, but comes to find out, I think Tom Brady might even be worse at reading the field than Jameis Winston was, which was a complete shocker for me. And it made, it was like a whole 
two days of wasted game film that I <laughs> sat there and chopped up. And as soon as I, I watched the first game with Tom Brady, and I was like, God, he's missed like five open receivers here. This is I was like, oh, this has got to be an outlayer. Then I go and watch week two, same thing. And then week three, I was saying, I was like, oh, okay, it's not. I've got to totally scrub that from the whole video. So, but then you don't really know if it's scheme. Like James right, Winston yeah. has been in two different scheme. Well, three, two, two. Okay, two different schemes, and it's been consistently like that through those schemes. Right. Well, Arians and Cutter's schemes were, were quite similar. Uh, Cutter had definitely got receivers open more. But we know, I mean, we've seen him in more than one scheme, and it's the same thing. Yeah, right. In right. both schemes. Yeah. So Tom Brady has been in the same scheme. Uh, well, you know, they change it. Yeah, they do yeah. change it. But in general. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that it could be the scheme. That's all I'm saying. Could be the scheme. Could be. Well, we'll see when he comes here. I'm, I'm really going to look into that and see. But it just, uh, it really blew my mind. Yeah, he Tom Brady missed quite a few Obvious touchdowns, you know, where he'd have an open receiver 40 yards down the field with nobody around him, and he wouldn't see him. He'd end up checking down to a running back or hitting a guy going across the middle for five yards or something. But the ball placement and happy feet are going to be two huge issues. And I think he also brings something that isn't necessarily going to show up on the field, but his accountability, his ability to be a field general, I think that – is something that James Winston lacked that is really going to give us an edge. And I think it's something that's vastly needed in that locker room. Mm-hmm. I think I was listening to Rick Stroud and whoever his co-host is. I can't remember. I listen to it so infrequently. The producer, what's his name? Yeah, I can't remember his name. But they were saying that Tom Brady brings a culture change. Definitely. And remember, that was that whole thing last season we talked about. The culture is changing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Jameis Winston was, I don't want to say a roadblock, but it's hard, again, as a leader to hold your teammates accountable when you are making grave mistakes like right. pick six at the end. So I think yeah, yeah. when you have someone like Tom Brady who has such a presence, he's such an idol through the sport, it's really going to change the locker room. I mean, it has oh, to. Yeah. I mean, one thing you can say about athletes and anybody that's in competition, you know, you can come in and be the smartest guy in the room and have all these data, all this data, analytics, whatever, and say, this is the best way to do this. And then you can have some guy that comes in, he's dumb as a rock, you know, and has no teeth and you know, he stinks physically. You know, he has a smell to him. And he could come in and not say a word, but he's got five championships under his belt. And I could tell you who everybody's going to listen to and who they're going to follow. They're going to follow the guy who wins. Mm-hmm. And they, they athletes are like that. You know, they don't care about the numbers. They don't care about the analytics, the data, the theories, or none of that mess. They're going to follow the people that win. And Jameis Winston was not a winner. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he he lost the championship in college. He you know, came to the NFL. He had one winning season in five years, and that was only what a nine and seven season. Uh, you know, and he just made a lot of mistakes that were glaring. And now you've got Tom Brady coming in with six Super Bowl champions. You know, the the greatest, most winning quarterback that's ever played in this game over the past hundred years. <laughs> yeah, you're um, automatically going to sit up straight and listen and 
do everything he says. Shaq Barrett did an interview with Casey Phillips on Buccaneers.com today, actually, right before we did the podcast. And he said as much. Tom Brady knows how to win. And there are guys in here who don't. So yeah, yeah. when you have someone with a presence like that, it really makes a difference. Yeah, let me see. We we talked about this last time on the podcast. Uh, Shaq Barrett, been to the Super Bowl. Uh, Kong Sue's been to the Super Bowl. JPP. JPP's been to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's been to the Super Bowl. Was Jensen? I can't remember. With Baltimore? Yeah. Ah, I can't remember. So anyhow, we've got now, we've got four, five, six players that have Super Bowl experience under their belt. Hell, even just playoff experience, I <laughs> yeah. would be happy with at right. this point. <laughs> right, right, right. And then the rest of our guys are so young, with the exception of Levante, Goldston. Gosh, see, now I, see, I still see Levante David as a young player. That's crazy. It's hard to imagine, you know, he's coming up on the twilight of his career. Yeah. Uh, we need to get to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl just for Levante David, if nothing else. Absolutely. Talk about a guy who is... You know, he's been shunned by the national media. He hasn't gotten the Pro Bowl recognition that he deserves. He's only been a part of, what, one winning season? Is that true? Am I am I right? I think so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because we, so we went 10-6 and six under Raheem Morris in, what was that, 2011? Yeah. And then we went 9-7 and seven under Dirk Cutter in 2017 or 18. 16? So yeah, so that yeah, that's the that's the only winning season Levante David has ever experienced. Ah, goodness. Well, with the addition of Tom Brady, we are also getting a lot of new fans, which we touched on last week. Yeah, you're seeing a big debate going There's on. There's between... been a lot of gatekeeping amongst yeah. Bucks fans, yeah. which I I kind of get both sides because on the one hand you have fans who have been here through the losing right for years. I mean, I've been a fan for a decade, and... It's been all losing. It's been all losing. You've only experienced one winning season. Two. I've no, had that's two. Right. That's right. You were here for the Freeman. I was. So, there are a lot of arguments, especially on the Bucks Facebook fan page. You know, people coming over and saying, hey, I'm a Tom Brady fan. I'm going to follow the Bucks. I'm rooting for them, all that. And then you have a lot of Bucks fans who have been through the gauntlet with this team. Coaching turnovers player turnovers, GM turnovers, all that, losing seasons, saying, hey, you can't just come here now that we're going to win, <laughs> now that we have a winner in the building, yeah, which the big... I think is a mistake. Oh, yeah. I, think I so. do understand where they're coming from, but... Oh, yeah? Well, you, you don't want people to glide in on the to- coattails of a, you know, a championship. Well, and we've always had that criticism, too. We said, you know, a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm not going to buy season tickets anymore. I'm not going to show up until they start winning. And we've always said that criticism. Yeah, well, what does that make you? If you only show up when they're winning, right. you're a bandwagon. You're a bandwagon fan. So, yeah. so we have had that criticism before. But this is, I think, a different circumstance. I think... Any reason to get people into the seats is a good thing. I mean, you became a Bucks fan. Why? Hardy Nickerson. Hardy Nickerson. Player. Uh, the yep. uniform. I mean, it's as good a reason as any. Yeah. So we'd like to welcome all the new Bucks fans. Most definitely. Please show up at the stadium. That's right. There's there's a lot to having a big fan base and a passionate fan base. If you watch all the good referee crews every week, they go to the games where they have the largest fan bases uh the patriots the cowboys the giants seattle pittsburgh 
they get the good ref crews. It's the guys down at the bottom, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. You know, we get the the crews that were just slapped together last year or this year. Uh, we get the 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 bottom of the barrel broadcasters. You know, we get the bottom of the barrel national games. You know, if we do get a game, it's on a Thursday night against some other crappy team. You know, we're not going to get the Monday night football games. We're not going to get the Sunday night football games. You know, those are reserved for the big fan base teams. Because, I mean, it makes sense. The the networks want a lot of eyeballs so that they can charge a lot more for advertisers. They don't want very few eyeballs because then they can't charge anything for the advertisers. So there's a lot to having a large fan base and a passionate fan base. But the most important thing is, is it holds the players accountable. The more eyes they have looking at them, the better they want to play and the better they will play because they know if they mess up, they're going to have a lot of people seeing it and pointing it out. They don't want that. Also, as Molly was referring to, fill up the stadium because (laughs) there is nothing more intimidating than going into a football stadium as an opposing team and having a hostile, aggressive fan base there who's going to make it difficult for you to hear. And it actually helps our team. It's the one thing we can do as a fan base that actually helps our team on game day. We could contribute and make a difference in the game. So let's pack that stadium. All you new Brady people, all you new fans, Man, get season tickets or just go go to your first game. You're gonna love the Tampa Stadium. It's awesome. We have it a is pirate, so cool. We have a pirate ship. <laughs> yes. It's such a fun experience. Even, you know, forget the game because every game I've been to, we lost. Every game Ralph has been to. Every we've lost. game I've ever He's been to. He's a jinx, I'm blaming him. Yeah. And I've been a fan since 97, <laughs> 97, 95, 94, somewhere in that area. But it is such a fun experience. And, you know, there's bands everywhere and it's a beautiful stadium. And yeah, very party atmosphere, very, very entertaining. Even if the product on the field hasn't been entertaining, the stadium itself is very entertaining. So, yeah, go check it out, man. Be a fan. If, you, if you're a new fan, get a ticket. Go there, travel, whatever you got to do if you're out of state, just to experience it. And I guarantee you, you'll be a Buccaneer fan for the rest of your life. So we need to pack that stadium. And, you know, let's recruit as many fans as we can from all across the country. And this is a perfect opportunity because oh, everyone yeah. is looking at the Bucks right now. Everybody is. Awesome. Awesome. We are on the mouths of every sports announcer in the NFL. Our YouTube views have actually dropped, I think, because so many people are searching for Tampa Bay Buccaneers and there's so much content. We're dropping to the bottom. Yeah. Which is fine with me. Yeah, we're not we're not the corporate guys who get right. marketing money. So Ralph, I think now that there's a lot of new people listening would be a good time to introduce ourselves and <laughs> kind of talk about our story. You go first. Okay. Since it's your idea. All right, I will. I'm Molly Bay. I am married to Ralph over here. Been Who, a... Who's Ralph over here? <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Dad jokes. I've been a fan, I guess, 11 years now since we've been together. I married into it. Yeah, she was forced. It was in our marriage I house. was. Uh, our... she knew. <laughs> it was like when we first started dating. I was like, I got to tell there's something about me you got to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming bu- out as a Buccaneers fan. I'm a Buccaneers fan. <laughs> no, everybody knows about me. My car's decorated in it. I yeah. always wear Buccaneers gear. Ralph let it be known very early that he does not do anything on Sundays, Mondays, or Thursdays. During the NFL season. During the NFL season. 
We never missed a game. When we first got together, I had a small little standard def television, and he let it be known very quickly. That was not going to do. That was not going to work. I had a DVD player, no cable. So he went out, bought me a TV, a, a big TV. Big flat screen TV. Flat screen. Which is so funny because she was like, I can't tell the difference oh, between God. standard definition and high definition. This is when high definition first came out. And I was like, oh, no, you got it. And so we started watching it on the flat screen, the high definition TV. And then I think we went to your dad's and he had a standard definition. And she she was like, I can't watch this. This is horrible. <laughs> I can't even see what's going on. And he still has that same TV. He still has that 11 same 11 years later. Ralph, then after the TV came, bought direct TV Sunday ticket, had it hooked up in my apartment. If I was going to be at your house, <laughs> we were going to have. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We. Ralph had gotten tickets for his birthday in July uh, for a game in October, and we planned our wedding around that game. So almost seven years ago, it'll be seven years this year. So that was our honeymoon. That was our honeymoon, was a Buccaneers game. Yep. Went to the courthouse Friday. We live in Virginia, so we drove the 13, 14 hours down Saturday. God, did we drive that? We did. I did. No. Yeah. I drove the whole thing. Down and back? Yeah. And then... What? Yes. So we went to... Wow. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. And so we drove down that Saturday, went to the game Sunday, drove back up Monday. It was awful. <laughs> I, I mean, worst, the game was... Cool. Worst honeymoon ever. <laughs> no, the game the was drive. horrible. We lost yeah. to the Eagles. Eagles, ugh. And knocked us out of the playoffs, right? Wasn't that the game? I don't know, but we spent... Basically, the whole time period after the game, fighting with people on Reddit because <laughs> we were so upset. <laughs> like we were fighting with everybody everywhere. Yeah. The uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think that was the game where we, if we would have won it, we would we could have gone to the playoffs. It was during Ra- Shiano. Yeah, so it was Rondé Barber. That was yeah. the one where he was just so despondent after the game because he knew that was it. He was retiring. Yeah. He was never going to go to the playoffs again. I had forgotten about all that. Yeah. It was the beer helped me forget. Yeah, we were quite drunk. Hence the fighting online with people. <laughs> Better than a bar fight, I guess. I guess. Spend the night in jail. Yeah. Okay, now it's your turn to go. I feel like I'm in AA. I know. My name's Ralph Phillips. I'm a Buccaneers fan. I would have said AA. I would have thought like the first day of school, but oh, yeah, I guess yeah. that says something about the two of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been a fan since uh, like 1997, I would say, uh, when Hardy Nickerson came to the Buccaneers. He was he was a linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was a big fan of Hardy Nickerson. He came to the Buccaneers, so I came over with him. Did not want to be a fan of the Buccaneers at the time. They had the Sherbert uniforms. That orange with the little winky pirate on the side. <laughs> I was just like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. So, Have you seen that redone with Tom Brady's face? I did see that. I'm into that. I, I, I liked it, too. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, you know, I I kind of held off for like a year. Didn't... didn't Fully commit. Fully commit to the Buccaneers. I'm still a Hardy Nickerson fan, so I started watching them. And I, I really liked the team. We had uh, we had just gotten Warren Sapp, John Lynch, uh Rondé Barber was on the team, I, I think. I can't remember. But anyhow, the team was really, I was really liking them, but I just couldn't get over those uniforms. And then they changed their uniforms. And that's when I I said, I am now a bucket. Because, I mean, it, it, it was almost like it was ordained from God because red and black are my favorite colors. This was before I was a Buccaneer fan. 
and they did red and black. And then they put that skull on the side of the helmet. With the comb over? With the comb over. But at the, <laughs> at the time, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. And I immediately fell in love with them. And then they were they were everything I looked for in football. They were tough. They were mean. They were defense. And I just fell in love with the Buccaneers. Never never turned back since then. Uh, don't have a Buccaneers tattoo yet, but we have them on our lists. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to see what the new logo is going to look like. But I'm so glad I didn't get the, the comb over skull. Logo. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I loved the fact that it was a skull and the sword and the flag. But there was just that... That comb over and the, I don't know, it just it just wasn't right yet. But then they, when they did it, redid it, now to what it is, I think it's excellent. It's awesome. They did a really good job with that. So, yeah, I've been a fan. I've been to quite a few Buccaneer games uh, across the country, and we've lost every single game I've been to. I've never seen the Buccaneers win live, which is quite annoying. Even back in the heyday, I used to go watch them play, and everywhere I went and saw them play, they'd lose. I was a curse. I was a jinx. So, big big Buccaneer fan. I do game film breakdowns. I watch every game, break it down. I've had the uh, access to the All-22 film ever since day one. You could have access to All-22 as a citizen. <laughs> you didn't have to be a member of the NFL. And so I do all kinds of breakdowns. I watch every player, every play. And every now and then I make videos, breaking some of the stuff down. So, it's out there on YouTube's. To check that out. And me and Molly sit around and we talk Buccaneers quite a bit. We have for the past over a decade now. We just can't. So we sit around and we talk about the Buccaneers all the time. We're like, well, why don't we just do a podcast? Because this, this is how we talk when we're not with a microphone in front of us. This is what we do. We sit around and we talk about it. And we'll go over the same stuff over and over and over. I mean, we probably talked about Tom Brady for 20 hours since he's become the Buccaneers quarterback. And then we talked about him for probably 80 hours before he became the Buccaneers quarterback, about whether we thought he would, how he would improve the team, what the drawbacks would be. That was a very short conversation because we couldn't <laughs> find any. The, drawback, the one drawback being that he comes here, doesn't perform well, takes the free agent vacation that seems to happen with a lot of Buccaneer players. But I don't think he'll do that. No. I just don't think he has no. the capacity to do that. No, I don't think so either. There might be something about Tampa Bay, though. It's a very... It might be the heat. It just the sucks heat, it out of you. <laughs> it does. Oh, gosh, man. Tampa Bay. I can't handle the heat. It just sucks the energy right out of you. And, you know, it's a party town. Uh, you know, Chris Sims was asked what... He had a list of the top, I think it was five or ten things about playing as quarterback for Tampa Bay. They basically all evolved around uh, strippers <laughs> <laughs> and food. You know, the women, the food... The party atmosphere. Why haven't you moved down there before now? It's one of those things because I, you know, I just know what's good for me. <laughs> it's like going to Vegas. You know, I just know what's good for me. Don't, it, the best way to resist temptation is just don't be around. <laughs> That's why I need to live in Utah, up in the mountains by myself. With the Mormons. With the Mormons. So anyhow, that's about it for us. Our backstories. We try to do on this podcast a little bit of accountability towards the media, and we try to cover pretty much everything we can. As far as news goes, we sprinkle in our opinions with it. We're not beholden the access. We don't need any of the players or management to like us. <laughs> so we can basically say whatever we want to say. But we try to be fair and honest, and we're big into fan support. We're a fan podcast. We believe fans make a big difference in how teams perform. So we do everything we can to have a positive fan base. And we will always be conducting the hype train in the off season. Choo-choo! Woo-woo! 
Get aboard the Bucks hype train. We don't believe in negativity and asking for people to be fired. Ugh, that's like my pet peeve. We don't have a problem with calling players and coaches out, but we just expect them to get better. We do not expect them to get run out of town. We are fans of the Buccaneers. That means everything from the players to the cheerleaders to the water boys to the front office, the coaching staff, the owners. Buccaneer fans, through and through. Well said. Well done. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach Molly. Her email address is mollybay at buccaneersobserver.com. My email address is ralph at buccaneersobserver.com. I could never figure out how to phrase it, so I wasn't doing the molly at molly bay. <laughs> Buccaneers so wait, you know? her email address is molly at molly at <laughs> buccaneersobserver.com. How many apps do I need to put in this? <laughs> We're on Facebook as well and the YouTubes. We're on Twitter at Bucks underscore Observer. If you ever have any feedback or want to get in touch with us, any way really is fine with us. Yeah, Twitter, email. And we appreciate feedback even when it's negative as long as you're not like, hey, Molly, you're terrible. Like something <laughs> oh, it's constructive. It's okay if they say, oh, Ralph is terrible. That's okay, but not say well, Molly, you're terrible. I mean, we just prefer constructive <laughs> criticism. <laughs> Uh, there is a way to leave a voicemail. It's in the description below in whatever podcast app you're listening to or if it's on YouTube. It should be in the description, a place that you can just click on it, boom, leave a voicemail straight from your phone or your computer, wherever you're at. And I'm going to get that Tom Brady video out. Tomorrow. <laughs> just kidding. You see, I didn't put a date on yeah. that. I was like, I'm not going to do this. Eventually. Yeah, it's coming. You know, gosh, i got a list of videos to do. And I'm, you would think being quarantined like this, we'd be a to get this stuff done, but nope. I it's have found something. myself less productive being quarantined. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's surprising. Well, the whole parents moving stuff has really put a crimp in our style. <laughs> They're going to come live with us, too, for uh, a little bit. <laughs> what did you say? Like that? I'm sorry. Like, oh, my God. You know, it's, it's yeah. my birthday Saturday also. Yeah. So Happy birthday, Molly. Yeah, I get my in-laws... Yay. No. Hey, we'll, it, we'll get them fine. on the podcast. It, oh, God, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. So, anyhow, that's been cramping our style. That's That's been some excuse for us there. Excuse master. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks. <laughs>